0: It's time to heed the call of the wild and seek the higher calling. Higher Calling is the voice of mountain and forest wildlife and is hosted by award-winning wildlife journalist and conservationist, Chester Moore. Be ready for an increase in altitude and a relentless pursuit of the creatures that dwell there. Welcome to the Higher Calling I struggle with how to introduce this podcast. And as I sit here and think about what's going on in the world with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and all the things going out there, I really wanted to start with the essence of what this project was all about. In January of 2019, the Lord put into my heart the words, Higher Calling. And I had to think for a second, what does that mean? I obviously knew a scripture about pursuing the higher calling, it was definitely a time in my life I needed to seek a higher level of my relationship with God. That should be primary. But I also knew there were some other things. I felt some stirrings in my soul. I've been in the outdoors business since I was 19 years old. I've never up to this point derived my income from anything else other than writing about wildlife, hunting, fishing, speaking, doing radio engagements, all on the same topics. So I had this thing that I promised myself early in my career that I would be a businessman and that there's something that I enjoyed in the outdoors and it produced income that I would write about that. I would go where the business led me. And a lot of that had to do with coastal fishing. I grew up fishing along the Texas and Louisiana Gulf Coast, and I still love it. But if you had asked me the very things I would have pursued writing, about and looking for in terms of photography and hunting in the very earliest stages of my career, I would have said mountain wildlife. Bighorn sheep, stone sheep, dowel sheep, mountain goats, elk, mule deer, mountain lions, bears, turkeys, all of that stuff has a very, very special place in my heart. So I said, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to pursue those things at a different level. I'm going to take some of the extra work I'm doing in the other realm and focus it on this mountain wildlife thing at a higher calling. And that has spawned a new level of creativity. I believe I'm writing and broadcasting at a higher level than I've ever done in my life because the Lord put me on this path. I want to share with you a very unique story, tell you kind of where we're going to go with this podcast and also where the world's going and how I think we can seek some solace in the higher calling. When I was a little boy, me and my dad would sit together. and We would put together scrapbooks. These scrapbooks would have pictures from Field and Stream and Sports of Field and Outdoors Life and other outdoors magazines. And there'd be pictures of hunters with bighorn sheep and mountain goats and hunters in Africa and pictures of mountain lions and, and wood ducks and all these amazing creatures that really stirred my soul. And I put together about four or five of these over the course of about four to five years. And there were some of the most sacred times in my life. You know, I was in a lower middle-income home, and I kind of figured that we probably weren't going to go hunt to Africa because, you know, I uh, couldn't afford to go on a dailies hunt with my dad. We had to save up for that for a couple of years. But I knew that one day, maybe some of those kind of things in my life were possible. And my father passed away in 2014, on December 27th, on a deer hunting trip at our friend Robert Shearer's ranch in Jim Hogg County, Texas, he had just taken the second big of his buck of his life, and he passed away of a heart attack cleaning that buck with me standing in front of him. My whole life flashed in front of me as I thought about my dad. I had a drive home, a seven-hour drive that night. Some friends met me about three hours out from home, and That was awesome, but my thoughts were still with my dad, and I even thought back to the scrapbook. All the things we got to do that were in that scrapbook. Shooting trophy whitetails, hunting turkeys, fishing in the ocean, lots of things. But there were still dreams, yet unfinished. So last year, as this higher calling thing hit me, I went to my mother's house And I looked through an old storage box. He said there was some things from my school years there. And I had remembered a particular drawing I did in kindergarten. I want to look for that thing and just see if I could find it. And I found two really interesting things. One was a project from fourth grade that said, you know, like, you know, students should show where they want to go in life. And I thought that was pretty heavy for a fourth grader, right? And it's a whole packet of this. And I said, as a career, I wanted to work with endangered wildlife in fourth grade, which was really amazing to see what I've been able to do since then, by the grace of God and a lot of hard work. But digging further in the box, I found three of those scrapbooks. Tears rolled down my eyes, looked at the pictures, remembered literally some of the pictures, cutting them out of magazines and placing them in there. And then I remembered one particular picture of a hunter with a giant bighorn sheep, a huge Rocky Mountain bighorn taken in Canada. And that's what got me stirred up about sheep. But what was fascinating, as I opened the pages of these books, there were two things that were by far the most dominant, wild sheep and wild turkeys. And those are the two things that I immediately went back to going to the very beginning stages of my career and pursued. So here I was, God had given me a word. I started praying more, seeking him more, even a little fasting. And then I started thinking, I need to pursue the higher calling of mountain wildlife and help to be a voice for the awesome mountain wildlife and the conservation issues there. And there, the Lord reminded me right there on the spot that he put that in my heart as a little boy. And I have those scrapbooks today, and they hold a very special place in my heart. I look at them pretty frequently, actually, because it gives me inspiration to know that the little boy who was picked on, marginalized, called weird, even had a teacher um, belittle me, two different teachers belittle me for hunting um, during elementary and and middle school, two different teachers could get to do all these things. But I knew there were many mountains left to climb, and I knew I had to start pursuing it. So last year, I began a project, a 10-year project, to photograph wild sheep in North America in every state and Canadian province, and believe it or not, in one year, I got four states, which was really, really amazing to me, New Mexico, Colorado, Texas, and Nevada. And um, it was just an incredible ride that's continuing on. It's going to be multi-years and all of those things. And it just showed that dreams can come alive in life. And the reason I, I think the Lord put on my heart to be a voice of sorts for the mountain wildlife is because there are so many things coming against that part of the world right now with development, with um all kinds of political rumblings of different ways to use the land and uh, poaching and all kinds of issues, disease. And God has given me an ability to dig deep into stories and a boldness to get it out. So I created the blog Higher Calling, highercalling.net. It won first place in outdoors column slash blog from the Texas Outdoor Writers Association this year for a blog I wrote about New Mexico bighorn sheep, called new life for New Mexico's bighorns. Very, very proud of that. But this introduction into what I'm doing isn't about my blog, isn't about my writing. It's about what's going on in the world right now and how I think we can seek solace in nature and also solace that God has a plan for us. And to take a slight diversion here on the turkey thing, um, I really dug deeply back into the turkey issue and promised myself and announced publicly like a crazy person— that I was going to photograph the Grand Slam of Turkeys in America in one year. That is the Eastern, the Osceola, the Merriams, and the Rio Grande. And I was able to do that. And that was a really, really fun project that tied in all the different levels of mountain and forest wildlife. But you see, I'm sitting here thinking about the coronavirus because I look over at my monitor. There's the Drudge Report talking about the coronavirus, and it's everywhere on social media, and who can't help but be a little bit scared about what's going on out there. It's very scary, unprecedented access to social activity shut down, not just in my state of Texas, not just in America, but globally. It's unprecedented. No one knows exactly where this is going, where we are going. And what it made me think of immediately was wild sheep. I mean, I know that's kind of weird, but it made me think about wild sheep. Hear me out. You see, when Lewis and Clark did their exploration, there were probably around 2.5 million wild sheep in North America. By 1900, some estimates put them as low as 25,000 in the entire continent. And we're talking here, bighorns, I mean desert bighorns, Rocky Mountain bighorns, stone sheep, dall sheep. Incredible conservation efforts from hunter-based organizations saved the bighorns, and now there are around 150 to 175,000 of those. So it's not great, but it's far, far better. And yes, the market hunting and of that era you know, had a lot to do with it in some areas, but by far the biggest killer of wild sheep, a pandemic, came to them. And that is pneumonia. It came to them through domestic sheep. As the domestic sheep were brought in, as we settled the west to the badlands of, of the Dakotas, through Texas, all the way out to California, up through Washington, into Canada, all the way up into Alaska. These wonderful, majestic creatures that lived in the highlands and had never come into contact with pneumonia contacted it and died literally by the millions. Now I think about us, how we're not supposed to have contact with others. You know, and I think about the wild sheep that still shouldn't have contact with domestic sheep. As a matter of fact, some states have a policy that they see bighorns co-mingling with domestic sheep. They kill the bighorns so they don't bring it back to the herd and kill many, many more. It's that serious. Is the coronavirus that serious? I'm not a medical professional, but I'm erring on the side of caution, isolating my family. But I've got to think about... That, in context, this higher calling issue, and the story that's right here, how something that stayed in a high place was safe. But when it came down lower in the valleys and co-mingled with domestic sheep, which were a foreign invader, by the way, that weren't indigenous to the americas they died. So I have to think in this, as someone who's a follower of Christ, this reminds me of staying in the high place of God, worshiping, praising, Spending tons of time in prayer can keep us safe in troubled days like this. If we go to the higher calling in life, and we don't slum down with those who are fearful, we don't take heed of every single fear factor that's out there and think that we're going to die because we breathe the air 50 feet from someone who might have sneezed, we're probably going to be okay. You see, the higher calling is about getting closer to God, and away from all the troubles of the world. It's something that really touched my heart, but to get to do it in a wildlife context is absolutely incredible. And one of these moments was very special for me. I've always wanted to photograph bighorn sheep. Me and my wife got to do it together on our anniversary last year in Rocky Mountain National Park, photographing three gorgeous rams at about 12,000 foot elevation. And one of those rams on the cover of Texas Fishing Game in the August 2019 edition. So proud of that, and it was such an important moment for me, and we share it together because we both love this mountain wildlife stuff. By the way, she fell in love with moose on the trip. That's not her favorite animal after seeing a moose, so very, very cool. I like sheep. She likes moose. It's a great pairing. But I got to photograph them in Texas. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and the Texas Bighorn Society Along with groups like the Wild Sheep Foundation, others like the Dallas and Houston Safari Clubs have contributed greatly to helping bring back the desert bighorn sheep to the Trans-Pecos region of Texas. And if you look back in 1900, there was around 1,500 bighorns out that way. And if you look in 1970s, there were 40. And at one point, there were zero. They had to bring some in from other states. Now we're back at around 1,500 and there's room for more. There's been a great comeback. So I had a scrap, a little piece of paper in that scrapbook, part of a page from a Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine in 1976 that had 40 listed as the official number for bighorn sheep in Texas. I took a photo of a herd of bighorns on Elephant Mountain that was half the entire Trans-Pecos population in 1976. What a conservation triumph by all those great people, led by like the, the late Dr. Red Duke, who helped found the Texas Bighorn Society. All those people still working really, really hard for that cause. And I got to photograph that, and we're doing a very special story I'm going to have in Texas Fish and Game magazine about elephant mountain wildlife management area, what it means to the sheep program, We've done things at highercalling.net. And I photographed this beautiful herd of sheep, courtesy of Texas Parks and Wildlife, taking me up on the mountain. And as they went down into a draw, I walked over kind of toward the edge. And they were down. I couldn't see them anymore. And I looked over at this vast expanse of desert and mountains. And I was having a pretty rough time in my life at that moment. I mean, it wasn't chaos, but there were some sad things going on, some stresses in life. And me and my wife had just lost one of the kids in our Wild Wishes program, a beautiful little girl named Robin Havard. And um, she lost her battle with cancer. And it was all that was weighing heavy on me. But as I photographed the sheep and looked out over that 6,200-foot, I think it's 6,200-foot mm-hmm. elephant mountain and looked out over the, the, the beautiful desert and mountains, all that was wiped away. I felt like a little kid again. I had just realized a childhood dream. And somehow I felt closer to God up on that mountain. And I was so honored to get to be part of this by simply sharing the word and the great work that these organizations in our Texas Parks and Wildlife Desert Bighorn program have done, the people at Elephant Mountain Wildlife Management Area, the people at Black Gap Wildlife Management Area, all that Trends Pecos team. And I felt rejuvenated. It was an incredible, incredible thing to see. And then I spoke with one of the kids in our Wild Wishes program. Wild Wishes grants wildlife encounters for kids who have a critical illness or have lost a parent or a sibling. And two years ago, we granted a wish for a young lady named Rihanna Holloway. She was a senior in high school. She has cystic fibrosis, and she wanted to meet a sea turtle. Well, we made that happen, and then a friend of hers qualified for a wish, and she wanted to release an injured sea turtle back into the wild like a rehab sea turtle. We also made that happen, and Rihanna got to take part in that. Well, she went to school, started at one school, college there. And she wasn't really happy. And she called me and my wife, and we met with her and her parents. She said she wanted to change her life trajectory because of the wish encounter. It meant so much to her. She wanted to dedicate herself to wildlife conservation. And that really moved my heart. I cried. I'm a big crybaby about such things. It really moved on my heart. And I got to thinking, you know, she's going to be on break soon. Maybe they'll let us take Rihanna out and photograph bighorns. So... I called the guys at Texas Parks and Wildlife there, and they said, well, we can do that, but there's actually a bighorn capture and translocation happening. Could you bring her for that deal? My whole career of wanting to go on a bighorn capture, well, we got to take Rihanna out there, and she got to take part in a bighorn capture and translocation. They let her take blood samples, DNA samples, and most awesomely, fit a GPS collar on a really big, beautiful ram, which she nicknamed Brian, by the way. And here's the amazing little touch of that. We looked at the photos. Brian, as she named it, the ram she put the GPS collar on, was the same ram I had photographed three weeks earlier at the same management area. Such a cool thing. And I got to thinking about this, and we decided to do what are called Wild Wishes Expeditions, but we're calling them Higher Calling Wild Wishes Expeditions. And that is to take teens from the Wild Wishes program and school them and mentor them in wildlife conservation to become the now generation of wildlife conservationists. We have trips scheduled in June to Rocky Mountain National Park for girls to work with bighorn sheep, elk, and also to do some things with wild turkeys. We're doing a boys' trip to Bozeman, Montana, we're going to be working a little bit with sheep. We're going to be working with mountain goats, bear, bison, and also native trout. A very busy trip. And we have a boys' trip scheduled to the Texas Hill Country in June. Our second annual conservation trip, catch and release trip for Guadalupe Bass. I only live in the Texas Hill Country streams. And that has been sponsored by the Houston Safari Club, a grant from them, and our good friend Scott Bandy. So it's going to be an incredible time. Of course, right now I'm sitting here thinking, are we going to be able to do those trips? Well, once the coronavirus blows over, we're doing trips. Whether we do these or not at these times, we don't know yet, but we're believing that this will pass over before all that happens. But I say all this to introduce you to the concept of higher calling. This is a program that will dig deep into mountain wildlife. It will have stuff you've never heard about wild sheep and bison and bears and wolverines and all kind of neat stuff, have things you never heard from the hunting community, in-depth conversations, all kinds of things that stir me and get me motivated. And we're also going to have a focus on how we can mentor young people to become wildlife conservations and to truly and I do mean this truly. Learn the North American model for conservation, which involves hunting and fishing, and the great conservation success story that has sprung from that idea. This is what higher calling's about. And this is just a kind of an unusual time to probably debut a podcast. But I thought, you know what? If it keeps the sheep safe, being up on the mountain, maybe we need to head that way too. Focus our thoughts on higher thoughts on the great things God has, on the cause of wildlife, and everything is going to be okay. We'll check in soon. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Higher Calling is brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, our official sponsor. You can check the online edition out at fishgame.com and also subscribe to their e-newsletter. And if you'd like to meet a personally... Subscribe you to that newsletter because I actually can do that. You can email me at chester at chestermore.com. Fishgame.com is not only wildlife and fisheries in Texas, but we cover things going on nationwide. And you definitely subscribe to the newsletter. Three updates a week. Killer, killer stuff put together by yours truly. Once again, Higher Calling is sponsored by Texas Fishing and Game Magazine at fishgame.com you've been listening to The Higher Calling, hosted by the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. Contact him at Chester at ChesterMore.com. Follow him at TheChesterMoore on Instagram and his blog at HigherCalling.net.